today I'm speaking with Matt Pittman, photographer and videographer from the UK. Now, Matt, I first came across your work during the 2022 Gumball 3000 rally. Your work was super smooth and your edits were clean and cut really, really nicely. Now, how did you start shooting for Max and the team at, at Gumball 3000? I mean, first of all, thanks. Very, very kind words. Um, I mean, that came about a couple years ago. Um, and I, I can never remember how many rallies I did. I just know the first one I did was Mykonos Ibiza. And I think that was probably 2019, 2018, 2019. I can't quite remember. Um, but it came through uh, an agency I worked at at the time. Um, so kind of my route into filming's a, a very long one. Um, I mean, how I've been doing it for 12 13 years now I think give or take so it's been like a long time building up um and it, it kind of culminated in me leaving my dream job to go and start this startup with that my friend was running um that kind of went from one thing to another he knew someone that worked at Gumball at the time um was trying to get me in for the London to Tokyo rally unfortunately missed that one which is one of my biggest regrets in life because that one sounded wild um but then I got the call up for, for 2019 um, because of kind of the introduction we already had into Gumball, but also I'd worked with the tour DJ, uh, Martin Toosmooth and, and Andy Pennell at the time, um, a, a fair bit before that. And, and Gumball's media strategy has changed a lot over the last couple of years. But at the time they had a big focus on sponsor content and a big focus on kind of this party stuff because that rally was in essence a, a, just a massive party for, for the most part of it and, and something that's kind of been toned down a little in the last couple of years now whether that's due to locations because we've been the Middle East we've been in America and I, I think each market has different wants from a rally um, I don't know but at the time I was doing the party edits um, and then kind of slowly but surely over the last four rallies I went from doing that to Toronto to Miami which you saw um, where I was still kind of doing predominantly party stuff but it was a bit more of the grids the arrivals kind of a bit of the car stuff but again I wasn't on the road um, and then Middle East the team got cut down quite a lot and I was very fortunate in that I got to stay on the team so I got to do the entire thing I got to drive on the rally uh, in an absolute just dreadful car but it was great <laughs> trying to keep up with Yattis I mean the guy that was driving me at one point left the handbrake on um, whilst driving <laughs> down the motorway, like handbrake full on, driving down the motorway with a Bugatti Chiron, a Koenigsegg Gera, a LaFerrari, and I think us. And we were leading this pack of three cars with the handbrake on. It was just like one of those wild moments where you kind of come back. Yeah. What's just happened this week? <laughs> like, what have I been doing? But yeah, it's good fun. That, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, Matt, what are you what are you working on now? Um, you know, I know you've done a couple other rallies. Can you tell me about some of the other uh, projects and any international work that you've done? Yeah. So um, obviously, there's there's a, a, a the the business side of this, which obviously has to be a big focus for anyone, um, and making that call between being a freelancer, setting up a production company, or or, or looking at the wider possibilities of what's available. Um, I'm very fortunate in that I don't specialize, which I think there's a lot of advice going around nowadays of if you shoot car stuff, just shoot car stuff. If you shoot food stuff, just shoot food stuff. I mean, you look at some of the biggest creators, you've got Daniel Schiffer, is it? 
that does all the food content you've got a, a ton of people that specialize especially in this creator world of instagram tiktoks they specialize on one thing because that's what's getting them views on tiktok and that's what they stay with on the other hand uh do not um i don't know whether that's just my personality or whether there's some other random reasons for it but i hate the idea of specializing um so because of that um i went from being freelance over covid and stuff i ended up kind of having an agency with a couple of friends because we could still travel um all the way through covid so we were shooting music videos all around the world for for some of the biggest djs and artists um which was amazing and then that kind of comes to a close five creatives running a business together is is amazing when it works and and they're still some of my greatest friends to today um but from a business perspective five people equal share all of this creative with each other it's quite hard to manage so that came to a close i set up my own agency um and now we look after anything and, and everything really so we do a lot of crispy creams um content in the uk for new store launches um for i mean last year or uh, last month sorry they celebrated 20 years in in the uk so we went around to a few of their stores doing interviews so it's things like that all the way um through to the rally stuff um which i would say is probably more of a passion than work um they they very much are, are not work um they are just me getting to have some fun jump in some cars try and kill myself for a week uh, make some friends along the way and, and shoot some cool stuff so yeah it, it, one week it will be uh shooting social media content for Krispy Kreme or insomnia um the next week it, it could be out in the Maldives shooting commercial for for an island out there it really chops and changes um I'm very fortunate in that a lot of my work originates in the UK and then takes me to some pretty wacky corners of the world yeah that's amazing yeah, I've seen I've seen some of the really cool spots you've been able to go to. Um, so my next question, I guess, for you, Matt, is is what's been your favorite location that you've shot in so far? That's hard because there's so many amazing places for different reasons, right? You've got Iceland with its just completely raw natural beauty. I mean, there's three thousand, three hundred thousand people that live on this incredible piece of land, so. The population density is minuscule. You can see some beautiful places, some very adverse conditions, and it is stunning. Um, I mean, Kenya has always been quite high up there for me, seeing just some of the most beautiful animals in the world. I mean, I've, I've been very fortunate to get into places that David Attenborough is not even allowed with a camera um, in Kenya because of the amount of wildlife conservancy that they do. Like, we're talking 50,000 privates at private acres um that have like 20 percent of the world's rhino population none of the animals are used to people like we had the trucks surrounded by 18 lions including four cubs and they were meters from us um like that was pretty spectacular and uh, very much a, a once in a lifetime and then other than that i mean you've got the places that i think have been fairly villainized in the media recently um or over the last 10 years and, and that's the middle east um i mean obviously D dubai's come along a lot and is is very progressive in how it's kind of 
catering to the Western world, but equally at the same time has kind of lost a lot of its culture that it it has many, many years ago. Uh, now, whether we agree with the culture or not is, is another question. Um, it's very easy for us to stand high with our viewpoints on what's right and what's wrong. And I'm, I'm not saying that I agree with anything that they do, but I think that there's a lot of places in the world that have completely lost their culture because we've had this Western, like, you have to believe this. This is the way you have to act. And actually it loses a lot of the amazing things, like the Maldives, for example. The Maldives, 20, 30 years ago, would have been an amazing place. The locals would have lived there. They'd have had very simple lives. And I, I filmed a documentary pilot for uh, a potential show out there looking at the environmental impact of, of tourism. And the the presenter at the time, who is a good friend of mine, I had a bit of a disagreement with because we went to some locals and we we're talking to them about the environmental impacts and the presenter was was raising this point that isn't it amazing that all of this stuff's happened, all of this tourism's happened, you're living better lives from a Western standpoint. Um, off the back of it, you've got more money, you've got more jobs, um, you're no longer burning plastics and, and polluting the atmosphere, which on the face of it are all good things from our perspective. But then what you forget is the fact that they've lost so much of their land. And don't get me wrong, I love the Maldives. I, I'm going there on holiday in a couple, in, in a month or two. Uh, but it's this, it's this approach of wherever we go, um, we're able to shout the loudest because we're kind of the richer countries and we've got the stronger militaries and we're not afraid to, to use them at times for right or wrong. Uh, but I, I think the last few years, Britain and America have done a pretty good job of using their militaries in the wrong way. But we're imposing these viewpoints. A very big tangent on the whole the whole question. Um, but 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 I think some of those places that have a lot of their original beliefs, original culture intact, are some of my favourite places to go because they haven't been too westernised. So like Saudi Arabia, um, Amman. Or even places like Cuba, which I haven't been, but from what I've heard is is amazing and is kind of in the same thing where they they haven't really been too affected yet. I think I think that's a very interesting point and an interesting way to look at it is it's kind of twofold. You know, on the one hand, as as creatives, we want to go places and we want to experience them and we want to experience it like kind of like a tourist but also kind of like a local do we want to go everywhere and live the same life we're living now but just there i don't know do we want to you know experience things exactly how they 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 live day to day to day in in other places i think it will all depend on where you're going the natural beauty is a, is a whole other point to take into consideration is like we want to go and we want to experience these things and we want to document them but by doing so, are we opening the doors to to more people coming and and ruining certain aspects, or are we bringing awareness and and is it doing more harm than good? And and that's going to be a question that I don't think we're going to ever have the answer to, and it's a, it's a really good one, and it, it's this case of the world is becoming a far smaller place, um, and the vast majority of places are trying to cater to this Instagram tourism. They're trying to create these beautiful hotels. They're trying to 
do all of this stuff and, and put these hotels in pretty spectacular places so that they get more people there because they see it on Instagram and say, oh, the view from my hotel window is amazing. Let's go here. Uh, th- th- there's a balance, right? Uh, I think it comes down to, to all of us. And it, it this probably could be taken across pretty much any topic you want to talk about with social media, whether that's tourism, whether it's mental health or whatever. It's It's great to look at Instagram and see things that inspire you or make you want to travel somewhere or make you want to buy something but comparing your life or the holiday you're going on or basing your entire life's choice off of what you see on Instagram is never going to be good um, and also perpetuates that cycle of I've seen this I want to go to this hotel now and then there'll be a next hotel that you want to go to because that one's in a nicer place and a nicer place. But every time it gets in a nicer place, it's getting further and further into that raw natural habitat, which might have been better off not being touched. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely um, a a very large conversation and um, so many different facets to it of, of where, what, where do you draw the line? What is what is an acceptable form of tourism in certain areas and what is not it's um yeah as as creatives i think we 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 feel like we have a obligation to document certain things whether it's you know consciously for for ourselves or for clients or projects or just personally and then what do we do with that documentation do we share it and does that bring more revenue to certain areas or does it bring harm and again you know like you said it's a a bigger conversation but definitely interesting to always hear other people's thoughts on uh, on those types of uh, conversations oh 100 i mean like the the maldives one is the perfect example yes you can argue you, you can make the argument very easily that it's made lives better but equally it's brought about massive institutional change it's brought about massive fraud charges against the the government and, and God knows how many issues with kind of money laundering or what, whatever it is. I, I can't remember the details of it, so I don't want to go too far into that. But th- there's so many bad things, if you take a step back, that have happened to that place. The, the cross is that people from around, around the world have got to see this beautiful, beautiful country that is so unlike anything you've seen before there's no right answer there There, there's no nothing anyone can say that's gonna stop it or change how people use it but it's just being probably a bit more mindful when when you're as you said what are we creating things for what are we sharing things for um and just trying to make sure that we we leave the world in as good or a better place as we found it when we arrived 100 percent, definitely so Matt, with the with all the journeys you've gone on, with the, the amazing opportunities you've had along the way so far, what what is something you wish you knew earlier on in your career? How to pack light, I guess. Um, I mean, that, that's the biggest one of travel. Um, packing light with with camera gear is, is never an easy thing. But I think, no, in all seriousness, with with the career. Um, and it, it, to be honest, it's something I probably learned from the start, um, but I learned it without realizing it. Like I grew up a very shy kid. I couldn't speak to people. I spent most of my 
lunch breaks and morning breaks at school, um, locked away in the theatre, trying to avoid people. Um, and then I started doing YouTube, started getting comfortable talking on camera and basically talking to a brick wall. And, and suddenly now I can kind of just go out and have a conversation with pretty much anyone um, uh, and have a meaningful conversation of some variety. And I, I think that power is, is massively underrated in people. Like, I know people that are phenomenal at what they do, but if you can't sell it, then you can't really monetize it, and therefore you're not going to get far doing it. Um, so I, 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 it's one of them. I think it's a, a balance of confidence and talent. I think you can be the talented, ta most talented person in the world, but if you don't have the confidence to go make something with that talent then you, you're going to find it a lot harder. The flip side is if you're overconfident, cocky, you, you end up in this position where you'll be perceived as rude um, and therefore you'll probably shoot yourself in the foot as well. So I, I think it's being humble, um, hum humble enough to realise that you're not the best, but confident enough to realise that you have something um, that's of benefit to other people now whether that's what you create whether that's the vision you create with or whether that's the stories you're telling that every creator has a different way of getting that across and, and different things that they bring to the table and also realizing what they're not good at and where they need to bring people in yeah no that's that self-awareness of of what you are where your skills lie and where you can always improve is a great skill to have by anyone in in a leadership position within the creative world or or out knowing that there are other people who are great at what they do and yeah why not leverage yourself into working with great people humble yourself to to say i don't know everything but i want to surround myself with great people and put together a team to to put together amazing project. Exactly, I, that that's the main thing. Like, we all want to make money. At the end of the day, we all need to make money to survive. Um, and how with the cost of living crisis, we need to make even more money to be able to survive. So there, there is always that thought of: Do I take more of the work for myself? Um, talking on a on a project basis. If you've got a, a a big project where you have the ability to bring in an editor, um, you might not necessarily need to, but you could get a better result out of it. There's that debate of, well, I can do it myself, but am I the best person to do it? Yeah. Probably not, but it means I get to keep more of the money. So it, it, it's it kind of, you've got to check your ego sometimes, uh, realize that it's not always about the, the ones and zeros in your bank account, um, whilst they are lovely if you can create a better product that potentially might lead to more work in the future, maybe that's a good sacrifice to make. Yeah. No, I, I understand that completely. Matt, if, if somebody came up to you today and wanted to get started as, as a photographer or videographer, what would be the one piece of starting advice that you would give them? Do what you're passionate about. Don't do anything because you've seen it on TikTok or you've seen it on YouTube the i think the amazing thing is that i mean i didn't even have it when i started because again i started 12 13 years ago at this point so there was no pete mckinnon there was no 
Adrian Purr. There was no creators that were really talking about filming. I mean, you had Philip Bloom, um, who's a British TV film guy who would review cameras, but there wasn't a whole host of, of people that were necessarily influencers in photography or video. And I think now you you kind of hit this point where everyone's believing that they can do it. Yeah. Which I think is great, but I think there's there's a balance, right? If if you're doing it because you've seen someone make a ton of money out of it, and I keep seeing these TikToks and they annoy the hell out of me of this one guy who's like, I started this real estate photography business. I charge my clients £250 an hour and they get this many photos, this many drone photos, and this is what I give to all of my staff and we make x hundred thousand dollars a year um which is wild as well because america you get paid far more but anyway um things like that just annoy me because it just people are going to see that and think this is another get rich quick scheme i can make so much money out of this and actually that's not what this is like this it's kind of the age old age old adage of most old painters um were, were painting because they had a story to tell or they had some hurt or something. You've got to be passionate about this to really make it work because otherwise the the long hours, the horrific amount of traveling you have to do up and down motorways or airports or just the, the stupidly long hours um, and the amount of hard work you're going to have to put into it, you're probably going to tap out in a year's time. So just make sure you're passionate about it. Make sure you, you've worked out. You don't necessarily have to know your reasons why you want to do it, but just know that this is definitely what you want to do because also you've got to invest a lot of capital to get started. It's not a cheap thing to get involved in. Like, the, <laughs> it just, once you start, it gets more and more expensive because you buy a camera, then you've got to buy lenses, then you've got to buy lights, then you've got to buy audio gear, then you've got to buy a laptop that can edit with, then you've got to buy software, which is now all subscription-based, unless you go to Vinci. Then you've got to, probably pay to use some training courses or learn through youtube so you've got the time investment it's the the costs keep adding up and then that camera's not good enough so you now need to go and buy the red and then you need to buy more shit for that and it just piles and piles and piles and piles <laughs> uh, it's, it's horrible so yeah just make sure you're passionate make sure you you have you you, you almost have to have a personality about you you've got to you've got to have a story you want to tell now i don't make tons of documentaries i'm not talking about those sort of stories but if you watch my work i'd like to think that the majority of it is consistent to to my style my journey as a creator and therefore my story as a creator obviously some isn't because it's got to be really tailored to brands but on the most part you can kind of see it it flows um and i think that's the key thing like the, the people that do really well are either super passionate about cars or food and therefore niche down into that or are super passionate about telling stories of whatever those stories are and then find their way of telling those stories consistently. 100%, Matt, 100%. Matt, where can where can people find out about you and, and some more of your work? Um, so, I mean, it's all kind of chopping and changing. Obviously, at, at the minute, the prime one's my Instagram, which is at MattGLPittman. In the coming few months, I mean, it's been a year and a half in the making, but my company website will be live as well as the Instagram and stuff for that. Just been too busy to get it live, but that's all Culture Manual. So at Culture Manual and culturemanual.co.uk. Nice, nice. Matt, 
it's always a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much for being with me today on the Seven Seas podcast. I'll make sure to tag all of your socials down below in the show notes. And I just want to say thank you to everyone for joining us today, where creators learn from creators. Matt, thank you once again. Appreciate it, man. It's been a, a pleasure as always and, and lovely to chat.